things are looking up a bit. Uh, still a long way to go, as the headline says on this story that talks about the level of activity in downtown Toronto in the post-pandemic period. And of course, you may say, well, why does that matter? Well, it matters for a bunch of reasons. I mean, if you look at all the jobs, for example, that depend on the health and well-being of downtown businesses, and there's just no way. And if you look at the devastation that they experienced during the uh, pandemic itself uh, and, and the long road back, which we're still on and not anywhere near the end by any means, uh, uh, things like transit revenues, and this is something that uh, Shelley Carroll, who's sitting right next to me in studio here, you know, th- th- if people aren't on the subway coming downtown, uh, then the transit system is not getting that revenue. Uh, and uh, so this is something that's been constantly monitored. We've always ranked as a city, thanks, I think, to the Look, it's a double-edged sword. We had stricter measures that lasted, in some cases, longer than other cities in North America to fight the pandemic. The good news part of that is that we had among the best results in the world in terms of how we manage the pandemic, in terms of mortality rates, level of vaccination, and so on and so on. The bad news part of that is that it caused more suffering because it lasted longer and some of the measures were uh, stricter. And there's people with all kinds of opinions on that. But the bottom line is that left us in a situation where given the severity of uh, the downturn that we experienced because of the pandemic, we ranked near the bottom of cities as we recovered and still do. Uh, Karen Chapel is the director of the School of Cities uh, at the university, well, I think it's affiliated with the University of Toronto. I'm not sure it's part of the university. Yes, it is part of the University of Toronto. It really is an excellent uh, global organization that happens to be located here to our great source of pride uh, in in looking at cities around the world and experiences they're having and kind of sharing information back and forth, which is a must. Uh, Karen, good morning. Good morning, John, and hi, Shelley. Yeah, Shelley's right here listening to you, and uh, so it's nice to have you, both of you here. So uh, a lot of this is collected through things like cell phone pings, so if cell phones are either downtown or they're not, uh, pedestrian foot traffic and all that kind of thing. And I guess it's uh, safe to say the patient is getting better but still not uh, in a position where uh, we're back to full health. That's right. It's a slow comeback uh, for downtown. You know, we all thought there was going to be a surge back to work in uh, after Labor Day in September. So we all looked for that big bump. It didn't really happen. It's still kind of a a, a workers' labor market. You know, if you really want to work at home, um, you can uh, you can uh, you have the leverage with your employer if you're if you're a high end, high skilled worker. Uh, the essential workers are back, of course. Yeah, and and well, a lot of the essential workers uh, never left. I mean, I looked at the city as an employer when I was mayor, and of course, I think I think the number was about eighty percent of our employees never stopped coming to work because they couldn't. If you're working for the police service, uh, the waste management people, the water plants we were discussing earlier, you got to come to work every day uh, to make sure the city. Uh, continues to function. But um, you talk uh, in this kind of commentary that accompanies these numbers about uh, what we have to do is is, is start to think about uh, some of this space never. In fact, I read yesterday and talked on the air about the fact that they're saying maybe upwards of 15% of the, the demand for space and the number of people who came may never come back or never, never is a bad word, but won't come back anytime in the short term. And therefore, we're going to have to reimagine how some of that space uh, gets used in order to keep the downtown healthy. And one of the reasons our downtown is in such great shape, if you look at crime and so on, is because there's people all the time. People live there and people work there. But what are we going to have to do to reimagine some of this space? What's been done elsewhere? Well, we're looking at places that are are really trying to turn over space um, to the folks that want to be there. So, and that means landlords kind of have to to reduce the rent a little bit. Um, but that once you do that, once you start to to open up 
parts of downtown, you start to have new companies coming in, startups coming in. You have incubator space for for um, you know young folks right out of college that want to be together. Um, we speaking of college, we have a lot of universities that are renting space downtown. And what better to enliven a downtown than students around twenty four seven? I think it's a great idea. Um, and, uh, and and then we're seeing other types of you know arts and cultural uses too that um, are now being supported by the cities um, to to do pop ups to do installations and so forth to take up uh, some of that vacant space because you know we just uh, don't want to leave it empty. Now um, I mentioned that we were forty fifth out of sixty six cities that are looked at uh, around North America, and uh, you know that's not the best place to be. But uh, I think things are getting better. But what what is causing us to be? Is it the fact that our pandemic uh, related measures were I'll call it stricter or tougher that's causing this, or or maybe if you want to look at it from a positive standpoint, are there any things that we should be or could be doing that are helping other cities to do better and to be higher up? Even some uh, cities that are neighboring. Uh, to us, Mississauga is in eighth place, Ottawa 21st, London 30th. So they're doing better. Is that just because they're smaller and have a lesser kind of downtown type concentration than we have? Yeah, you know, a lot of those cities got lucky because they built housing uh, and it opened up during the pandemic. So uh, they had a captive audience, basically. They have all that new residential activity. So we're going to have to do some of that. Um, but we actually have a fair amount of residential downtown. Um, so that's not the panacea that, that you think it is. And it's actually really hard to convert, right, to residential. Um, but the other thing that we saw, you know, Quebec and Halifax popped up early on in the pandemic recovery period and so they were getting tourists in um and uh and they continue to do so and so that's something that that i think uh, uh toronto needs to really look at is boosting up the tourism uh, sector uh the convention uh business uh, we, we have a map which we're going to put out next week of recovery down uh downtown building by building and you'll see that the area around the hotels you know where the hilton is for instance in the northwest part of downtown that that areas doing fine and the area that's that's not doing so well is sort of the southeast part of downtown um where there's there's not uh, so much tourism it's interesting because it's noted in this same report uh, that uh, the tourism is down 10 to 15 percent and people don't realize again what a driver that is of activity both from the standpoint of even something as simple as the hotel tax but going all the way through to restaurant seats not taken up uh, hotel rooms not occupied and on it goes in terms of shopping and uh, business and the like so it's one of those things where that is an important uh, consideration as well keep up the great work at the school of cities uh, because i think it's vital that we know what's going on here and elsewhere and try to learn from each other. So I really appreciate your coming on this morning and the work you do every day.